How's it going, everybody? This is Kevin Cohn, host of the Broad Sports Podcast. To all of you, the viewers, whether you are listening on Spotify, Anchor, or other podcast platforms, I wanted to give you a little more insight, some more information into this episode before you begin listening, so that there is no confusion. Episode 3 was recorded on May 1st, 2020. I do apologize for this episode being over two months late, but unfortunately, just like episode 2, I just did not have the time to fit in my busy schedule to sit down and edit this amazing recording that I've made with my good friend Austin Sutcliffe. During the time of this recording, we were uncertain if any sports leagues across the world were going to come back for the duration of the 2020 season. The first leagues to come back were Germany's Bundesliga and the English Premier League, where I got to watch my Liverpool Reds win their first ever EPL title and their first top flight title in 30 years. I digress. Back to the main topic. As we've learned in these last few weeks, the NBA will be returning to play later this month on July 30th. The concept is simple. They are taking 22 of the 30 NBA teams and having them play at the Disney Worldwide Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. There will be a 10-game regular season to finish out the season, and then they will head right into the playoffs. That's all the information you need. With that being said, and it being long overdue, here is episode 3 of Broad Sports. Welcome, everybody, to episode numero trace. That's right, number episode number three of Broad Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Cohn, and joining me today, I have another one of my friends from high school. My name is my good friend, Austin Sutcliffe. Sut, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How's everybody? How's everybody going? Good. I hope everyone's uh, happy and healthy among your family. So today, my first two episodes, I focused on football, but I said in my first broad sport intro that I want to go on multiple sport levels. So today we're going to focus on the NBA, maybe some hopes if the season returns, the current standings, and then maybe looking back at some of the past champions over the last two decades from 2000 to see who do you think were some of the more dominant teams, maybe some who were kind of weak, something along those lines. So how are you feeling about that? Sounds great. Sounds great. Great. So as you know, we're here in a time where the NBA season was canceled after Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell both tested positive for the coronavirus. Within 24 hours, Adam Silver, yes, Adam Silver did suspend the season. And to me, that's a little heartbreaking, but I mean, he was doing it for a good cause. Yes, definitely. It was something that, you know, needed to be done. And it's unfortunate that, you know, that night, and uh, I believe it was uh, Utah the game was in. When, I believe uh, it was actually in Oklahoma City. Oh, uh, it was in Oklahoma City. You're right. You're right. And when all the players just had to leave the court and they announced that the game was being canceled, and it was just very confusing. And then we came to realize, like you said, within the next 24 hours that the season would be suspended indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, with within the next 24 hours of that game, I mean – Almost every conference tournament since it was NCAA tournament season at that point was, was starting to get canceled. Started uh, with the Ivy League, too, and everybody wasn't. The Ivy League tournament was canceled. They canceled the Big East tournament halfway through the semifinal game. I believe it was – or it could have been the quarterfinals. I believe it was St. John's against Creighton, and they canceled it at halftime. They just told the teams that you're not coming back out. Oh, right. The locker rooms. 
And I was working down at Elon for the CAA women's basketball tournament, and we just canceled it flat out about two minutes before tip. Dang, that is but, that is crazy. And you see, everybody was all all there. You were calling the game, you said, and then they just canceled it. Right, yeah, told you that the yes, game was canceled right before the tip. Yeah, so I was supposed to work at floor cam with a couple of guys that worked for the CAA network, and the guy that I was sitting right next to, he was telling me, yeah, bro, they're, they're calling the game. We're like, are you sure? So then I went back to the control room and there was a big announcement over the loudspeaker that they ended up canceling the game and the whole tournament, which it did suck because they only got through the play-in games and then everything else was suspended. I mean, you look at some of the great spring championships that were suspended. That yeah. were suspended indefinitely. The women's lacrosse championship – the Men's Lacrosse Championship, the College World Series, the Women's College World Series, March Madness, the Little League World Series just got canceled yesterday. It's, it's a it's, hectic it's, time. It's, it's definitely, definitely a very hectic time. And it's so sad for these players, especially these, you know, seniors or last-year players for the certain league or uh, whatever sport it may be. You know, it's sad that they didn't. They didn't get the, get their chance to play their last game and their last couple games, but I mean, you want to say that you would hope that there's a way to make that up, but in reality, you know, there's probably not a way that you can make those those games up and give those players that you know satisfaction of having that last game. So it is unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. But right now, we're gonna look back into the current standings because, well, first I'm gonna ask you this: What do you think would be more logically better for the NBA if if the season were to start back up, maybe play the last because I think we're within like the last like twenty games, yeah, or just go right into the playoffs. Um, it's it's hard to say because you know there is some teams in the Western Conference that are fighting for that eighth seed. I mean, the East is a little bit a little bit more clear on that eighth seed, even though there still is around twenty games, so it is still up for grabs. You know, it would suck for uh, that team to not be able to you know, get a chance to be in the playoffs just because the season gets cut early. But uh, I think that's honestly what is going to have to uh, eventually happen is that the the season's going to have to go right to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't – because if we're really looking realistically <clears throat> back into the season, I mean, it's probably going to start up maybe in June. I don't know if it's going to start at any time this month. We're filming May 1st, by the way, to all of our viewers. Um, it'll probably start off sometime next month, and then they. Re- I don't think that they could really end up doing like the 15 games and then right into the playoffs because then that means yeah. that the championship would be in September. But then that means that really, if that's if everything gets figured out by the fall, then most of the players they're only getting about six weeks off before the NBA season starts back up again, or maybe even a week because then that's when training camp starts up. For the new yeah. season, and then the NBA season will start like, or the preseason will start like three weeks later. So that'll definitely be a problem. So they're going to need to, you know, find something around that. I actually feel like I read something yesterday or the day before that said, I think Stephen A. and uh, Max Kellerman. It was on their uh, their their uh, their podcast, and oh, they said, or excuse me, not their podcast, just oh, their regular. Okay. Yeah, yeah, first take. Um, but I, I hear it on Instagram, so I don't know. I said podcast. I just hear the uh, audio for it, though. And he said that 
the latest that they uh, will open up the uh, NBA is the first or second week of July. So that's good to hear that the, they say that's the latest. But at the same time, you know, playoffs are going to take a month, a month and a half. So they're going to need to manage their time. And especially, like you said, if they do the other however many games you said, 16. Yeah, it's know. like 16, 17 because most of the teams, they're on about like game 64, game 65, something around that range. Right. But it, we're going to look into – what the current standings would be and if they went right into the playoffs. So we're going to kick it off. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference first, and then we'll go into the Western Conference. So, excuse me. Kicking it off, the one versus eight round, it would be the number eight Orlando Magic against the number one. <laughs> the number two Toronto Raptors would play the number seven Brooklyn Nets. The number three Boston Celtics would play our number six Philadelphia 76ers. And the number four, number five matchup would be, I think, a great matchup between the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Yes, definitely a couple of, uh, you know, classic matchups in there. And then also some uh, that, you know, you can get a more clear winner out of, I would say. I mean, I would say that the uh, Milwaukee and Toronto definitely has uh, – the easiest games, just because I heard, I'm pretty sure I heard that Kyrie is, uh, was getting some season-ending surgery before the season uh, got called, or at least some surgery. So I don't know how long he was going to be out for. You know, Kevin Durant, I, I mean, who knows if this could spark a return for him, but honestly, probably is very unlikely that that will happen. You know, they have a young team. I'm saying, like, that that's going to be a big cripple for the Nets not having Kyrie and Kevin Durant being out for the season, I agree. I think the Bucks again, they have an easy opponent. I mean, Definitely. Giannis will overpower all the guys on the Magic. Like, I don't think that Markel and Michael Carter-Williams will be able to push the Magic to upset the Bucks. However, this no, might be a, I don't see it. This might sound like a bias, but I do think that the Sixers could upset the Celtics. See, and like you said, we are Sixers fans, but I don't know. We've just never had playoff luck in these past couple of seasons. And Celtics, you know, amazing coaching, and they just always have clutch clutch basketball play. So, I mean, I don't know. Especially around this time of year, they start to they start to turn up. So, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, that is a very hard matchup for the Sixers. Yeah, I agree. It is a hard matchup. The interesting matchup would definitely be the Heat against the Pacers, especially with Oladipo finally returning after that bad quad injury that he suffered last year. And he was playing really, really good back in He really was. So it'd be interesting to see him having basically an old-fashioned shootout with Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler and our our guy, our Carroll guy, Archbishop Carroll guy, to make that clear for our viewers, Derek Jones Jr., um... It'd be a very interesting matchup. That one, I think, would be the hardest series to pick out of all of these. If yeah, that's the them. most interesting series, definitely. Because the four or five matchups are always the hardest ones to pick. So, who do you think would be an upset? Let's say, not including Toronto and Milwaukee, because you know that those two are probably going to be the two favorites to come out of the to come right. onto the Western of uh, the Eastern Conference. Excuse me. What do you think is a dark horse team that actually could make a deep playoff run? I mean, something that 
I don't know if the Sixers fans would like to hear or you would like to hear. I think, honestly, Miami has a pretty good team. They have some scores on their team, a lot of young guys. I think they could make a definitely make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I But like you said, the four and five matchup, and that is an interesting game. Now I feel like that's going to be a, a harder game for them rather than maybe the second round. I think they could, uh, you know, gain a lot of confidence from that first series win and play a little bit better because uh, they do have some – some killers on that team, but uh, I just think that that first round matchup is going to be definitely tough. Yeah, I agree. I think that the winner of that series could definitely make a deep run. I this is unbiased. I do think that the Sixers honestly could make a run because, I mean, I think ultimately they would lose to the Raptors again, maybe. But if you look at this team, I mean, they yes, they've been terrible on the road, but at home, this team is on fire. And JoJo, JoJo's had a great season. Josh Richardson really stepped up. I didn't know how he was going to be after the Jimmy Butler trade. He's been pretty good. I mean, Tobias, he needs to he needs to step it up a little bit. But, I mean, he has been one of our top guys throughout this whole season. And Simmons really, really needs to own the game if the Sixers want to make a deep run into the playoffs. Definitely. He needs to, you know, ball step a little bit. I honestly would say even take take some more jump shots, you know build that confidence because, you know, we're going to need him to make some plays. And when it comes around playoff time and we're playing teams like Boston, who, you know, has matched up against the Sixers a lot these past couple seasons and the big games of playoffs, and they know what Ben Simmons, you know, his game plan beforehand. So hopefully he can uh, work on his shot over this time and, you know, put some, put some shots up when he comes back to the games and give him more opportunity to be a scorer. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to transition over into the Western Conference where the number one seed, of course, is the Los Angeles Lakers. They take on currently, since they own the wild card or the eighth spot, I'm so used to saying wild card, the the eighth seed by three and a half games is the Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant. Number two would be the Los Angeles Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks. Number three would be the Denver Nuggets against the Houston Rockets. And number four would be the Utah Jazz against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I think there is a, a lot more – I don't know. It is a little very close, but I would say that the Western Conference is a little bit more competitive, I think, in the playoffs. And I don't want to say I give the eight seeds better – eight and seven seed better chance to win, but I know that they could definitely win a game or two on these, you know, one and two seeds. Yeah, I agree. I really, I really like those young, you know, Memphis and Dallas, two great young teams. So, I mean, it would be – like a very interesting matchup. Yeah, I'd like I to see it. I mean, I think I come. I kind of agree with you. I think that Memphis and Dallas they probably have better shots to win or pull off a game yeah. upset against the Lakers and the Clippers more than the Magic and the Nets do against Thunder. I mean, not the Thunder, the Bucks and the Raptors. I mean, I think honestly, if we're looking into this. I mean, yes, everyone's going to pick the Lakers. Everyone's going to pick the Clippers. I think one team that could make a run that really no one's paying attention to, but they've been in the spotlight and they've crumbled only because they played the Warriors so many times in the playoffs. It's got to be James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that is a uh, interesting team. And I like that take that you're saying too, because, you know, they don't have the Golden State to face this year and they have, you know, a lot of shooters on their team and a lot of, you know, space on the floor to, you know, have those shooters and good ball movement. So, I mean, 
now things are a little bit, you know, the the pathway is a little bit easier to get where they want to be now that the, uh, they're like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, I guess you could say they're kryptonite. The Warriors is, is just out right now. So they definitely some more chances for them, more opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could tell really after that 2019 NBA Finals that there was some weak spots on the Warriors. And then they also had a couple departures. Like they had Boogie leave. They had – or did Boogie, I forget if Boogie left or stayed. No, Boogie left. left. Um, Boogie actually went to the Lakers. Brooklyn. KD departing for Brooklyn. And then you had so many injuries throughout the season. I mean, you had the Steph Curry injury. He would have been back right before – Playoffs started, but that would have not been enough for the Warriors to make the playoffs. You had that Clay Thompson injury that really, really severed them, so they handicapped them. So they were relying on a lot of young guys like Eric Paschal and Amari Spellman before they traded Amari to Minnesota, these Villanova guys, and a couple other younger guys, and they couldn't really get the job done against the powerful, stacked Western Conference. Yes, I would definitely agree, but Paschal was playing some insane basketball. I think he had like a 45 or 50 point game and you know it's insane like you said Villanova guys I like to see that but I mean honestly the Warriors are going to be back on their their same stuff I think when when everybody's you know healed up next season you know think about it they won how many 72 games that year with that same uh, team yeah, they broke, obviously they broke the record obviously the bench is a little different but those core three players they won 72 games so I mean and they're three-time champions. I think anything's possible for them. I wouldn't count them out. I would count them out this year, obviously. But definitely don't count them out for future. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you had to pick your NBA Finals, who do you think would be in it? Would LeBron make his ninth NBA Finals out of the last ten years? Or would maybe another team from the Western Conference step in? I would say it has to be – it's between the Lakers and the Clippers, but I'm honestly just going to go with the Lakers just because LeBron, you know, faced so much adversity last season, didn't make the playoffs for the first time, one of the first times in his career, if not his first time since he was in Cleveland, like the first time. So, I mean, I I think LeBron's going to play some different basketball than we've ever seen him play. And, you know, he's got good supporting cast around him. They signed – um. What's his name? The dude from down in Miami with Dion Waiters, too. That's another good guy on the bench. They have, you know, Anthony Davis, honestly, is probably his best teammate, I want to say, that he's ever played with in his career, too. So, I mean. Probably. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, you can't really. You could say uh, D-Wade, but I don't know. Yeah. Anthony Davis is just more dominant than D-Wade, I would say, you know. Maybe D-Wade's yeah, better overall right. player. But Anthony Davis, you know, if he stays healthy, you know, we've seen what he could do. And Yeah, absolutely. And who do you think would be your team? Are you riding the Greek freak train with Milwaukee, or are you picking another team out of the East? We can't – we still can't sleep on the former champions, the, the Raptors, honestly, at all. Not many hey, people hey. are talking about the Raptors. I would say it's honestly – you know, I would like to see the Sixers make it there, but I, def- I definitely don't think the Sixers will make it. So I would say it's between Toronto or Milwaukee, and I think I think Toronto is 
is going to get it. I think the Greek freak is due to make the finals. I think that he's been playing some crazy basketball, you know, MVP. So, like, you know, I think it's his time to go to the finals. And I don't know if he's going to win the finals against, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron, but I think it's his time to go to the finals and, you know, show everybody what type of player he is. But I think that ultimately the Lakers are going to win. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I think I'm gonna go with the Bucks out of the Eastern Conference. I don't think that they're gonna collapse like they did last year. I mean, yeah, you can't really discredit um, the Raptors because I mean, Kyle Lowry's still playing great. Pascal Siakam has really stepped up into a big role that he needed to fill with Kawhi leaving, and they showed that they're dominant. I think they're about to win their fourth Atlantic title, Atlantic Division title. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can't really credit them out per se, but I think that the Bucks will definitely win. I think that this game would go to seven. If the Bucks still had Malcolm Brogdon, I think the Bucks would absolutely own the Raptors in that Western Conference Finals. But now, since he found his way down to the Pacers, I think it'll be a lot closer of a series. But I don't think that they're going to collapse like they did last year when they won the first two games in Milwaukee and then lost four straight for the Raptors right, to go to the final. Right. And yes, it's a toss up between the LA teams, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Clippers. I mean, I think that they're, yes, everyone talks about LeBron and Anthony Davis. However, I just think that the Clippers are a more balanced team with that attack with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yes, Pat Beverly's a hothead, but. Again, that's just my personal opinion. I just think that they're a more balanced team than the Lakers are. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a hard decision for me. And I do love – and like like I said, you can't count out the uh, Toronto in the Eastern Conference, you know. Kawhi was just a champion in the finals MVP, so you can't count on him out at all. And Paul George, too. Like, yeah, so it, it's going to be really tough. But I think the, my champion definitely comes out of the Western Conference. I, I think it's going to be the Lakers, and I want the Lakers. But, you know. Could be, could be the Clippers. Yeah, for me, I think though with the Western, with the NBA Finals, I think I will honestly be picking the Greek Freak and the Bucks because, I mean, you look at how Giannis was, like how that team was when he was drafted by the Bucks. That team wasn't that very good, and then Giannis finally got them to the playoffs, where they lost that heartbreaking Game Seven in Boston, and then he built that team up to the number one seed last year, and they're currently number one right now in the East, so I think it's his time to shine. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to transition into a different topic where we're going to look back at some of the teams that you think we're going to look back at the last 20 years of the NBA Finals, some of the champions. I mean, there's, there's so many teams that really you saw throughout the playoffs in the last 20 years on a consistent basis, that being the Los Angeles Lakers, the, I mean, you could say the Warriors of the 2010s, the Lakers of the 2000s, the Spurs of the 2000s, the Mavericks of the 2000s, Sixers in the 2000s, even Sixers in the late 2010s and early 2010s too, not really the mids, Uh, the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks were in it for a while, Indiana, Atlanta, I mean, there was a lot of teams that you saw in these playoffs. But, I mean, if you look back, I mean, 
it the whole the last twenty years it really started with that Shaq and Kobe duo. They crushed the Pacers, they crushed the Sixers, and then they didn't win the championship. And then no, they crushed yeah, the Nets. They, they crushed the Sixers. They crushed the Nets. And then they crushed the Nets, and then they ended up not making the championship. And then ended up, or they lost the championship. It was one of those two. They didn't make the championship but, that year. Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at, in my personal opinion, if you want to say like some of the most dominant teams. I mean, you really got to say that the Kobe Lakers were. And then you could say, like, the Steph Curry Warriors because you can't – I mean, it's really hard to debate that, but I just think personally that a lot of these Kobe Shaq Lakers squads and a lot of the Lakers squads that won the NBA Finals with Kobe were some of the most dominant teams because they had Phil Jackson. I was about to say, was about to say they had Phil Jackson, so can't come out. And they actually did not make the Finals the year after that but they made the finals the year after that and they lost the finals and yeah um so like who do you think were the most dominant champions over the past 20 years because if you want i could just read you a no, list, but that i have a list up now too i honestly would say the lakers the lakers had three finals appearances where they lost in these 20 years and how many? Uh, five pointing. I mean, I think they've honestly, other than like you could say maybe the Warriors are really, you know, contenders with the dynasty. But honestly, these these Lakers are, are insane. Or I, I can't count out the Spurs, though, at the same time. Exactly. The Spurs haven't had nearly as many finals appearances, but they've won, you know, what, five or four in the decade, right? Yeah, I believe they won. Yeah, they won, won one before. Yeah, ninety-eight yeah. or ninety-nine. Next. So and they made it to five too. So they have a little bit better, you know, win-loss ratio. But um, yeah. I would honestly say the Lakers. You know, Phil Jackson, legendary coach. I mean, you know, Kobe Bryant, and like you said, to start off like his couple years, first couple years of his career with Shaq too. You know. It's hard to say that there's a better champion than the Lakers and Phil Jackson and Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, especially – and one guy that really was a big part, especially with Kobe, even when they won the two titles without Shaq, and he was there for the times that they won the championships, was Derek Fisher. Right. He was a big part of that as yeah, well. Yeah, he hit that game winner – don't know if it was a finals game or an Eastern Conference finals game or a Western what Conference. Was Eastern 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 Eastern. Yeah, Western Conference and semi. They all ran into the locker room after he hit it. That was a crazy shot. It was a crazy shot indeed. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at some of these teams. I think really, yeah. Like you, you really have to talk about. I mean, yes, you could talk about an O two with that controversy with the Sacramento Kings and the L A Lakers, but. That, that's a whole different episode that I could talk about on that controversy alone that the reps were getting tipped off, especially at the time when Tim Dunnigy was in the league and he was paying the mob, betting games, and that's something that you really can't do as a basketball referee, but he did it anyway. But, yeah, you really can't not – you can't uncredit the Lakers – because, I mean, even Shaq was dominant in this. He got four titles, 
in this span. Kobe got five. LeBron has I was gonna I say, three. You can't. LeBron's got threes. Curry's got three. KD is two. Also, the Heat, too. You know, they were really dominant for four seasons. Incredibly dominant. So, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I would still, you know, favor the Lakers, but there's definitely some. This is like the decade of dynasties, you know? You, I feel like, I guess, throughout the entire NBA, there's been a crazy amount of dynasties. But there's definitely been a lot of. Excuse me, two decades, past 20 years. There's been a crazy amount of of dynasties, but if you're going to look back at some of these champions, who do you think really was, like, the most, like, kind of disappointing team to win the NBA Finals? Or teams that had, like, a really basically disappointing run in the postseason before they ended up hoisting Mm -hmm. the trophy? That's a a tough one to think about. Um... Honestly, I would say the most disappointing one was when KD, uh, it was the year, yeah, the year after KD's first year after LeBron won and they won, you know, they gentlemen sweeped them four to one. I think that was disappointing, you know, Golden State. Obviously, they were playing good basketball, but it was just kind of like, I thought it was a little bit corny, you know. LeBron had no help at all. It was literally just him. And he kind of got screwed, and it was just terrible to watch. And, like, I don't know. You know, can't respect them and say they were, like, the worst champions. But going on your part of saying, like, who was disappointing to see win or who did you not really, like, want to see win, I just think, you know, that was just a terrible finals. Yeah, I agree. You could talk about how – it's funny how when you look back at the four years that the the uh, the Cavs and Warriors played against each other, they played the maximum – they played the game in all four series, ended up in all four games – the all four amount of games that you could end a series in. So, like, the first championship, 2015, the Warriors won it in six. 2016, the Warriors uh, – the Cleveland Cavaliers won it in seven. In 2017, the Warriors won it in five. And then in 2018, they swept Yeah, and that that's, was... the, that's the one that I meant to say, 2018, rather than the gentleman's sweep. I meant to say the full sweep. That that was just a disappointing, you know, disappointing year to watch it. Yeah, another disappointing finals. I mean, you could talk about the three-headed monster, monsters of the Spurs with Parker, Duncan, and Ginobili absolutely dominating LeBron in his first ever NBA finals with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But for me, I think really the most disappointing champion was the 2008 Boston Celtics. And I'll explain why. Yeah, I'm interested to hear that. So they had the best record in the NBA. I have it up currently. They were <laughs> 66 and 16. They held the best record in the NBA. And the Pistons actually held a better record than the Western Conference first seed Lakers. And that's another a whole other thing I could rant about. But, I mean, they this team was awful on the road. This team was absolutely garbage when it came to playoff games on the road. Because if you look at it, they lost 10 games in the postseason because they went 7-7-6-6 in their series. And I'm pretty sure eight or nine of those losses were on the road. Because if you look at it, the conference semis, 
made sense that it went to seven. It was Garnett, Pierce Paul, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo against LeBron James. So that one made sense. It made to seven. But, I mean, you look at the first round against the eight-seed Atlanta Hawks led by a rookie Al Horford, Josh Smith, and Joe Johnson, who only made that eight-seed by one game against from the Indiana Pacers. Boston won. Boston only advanced because they won all four games in Boston. All three games that were in Atlanta were won by the Hawks. So basically, Boston only won that series because they were the higher seed and they had more games in on their right. home court. Same with, same with the conference semis in against the Cavs, where they won every game in Boston and Cleveland won every game in Cleveland. And then they finally got road victories against Detroit and the Lakers. But, yeah, this team was terrible on the road. And you're the best record in the NBA, and you're going to let Josh Schmidt, who I actually liked a lot as a kid. I, I rooted for the – I was a Sixers fan, but I still rooted for the Hawks every now and then. And I liked Joe Johnson, but this team only made the playoffs by one game. And you're the best record in the NBA. You should have killed yeah. them. You should have never let them push it to seven. Definitely not. Especially if you look at it. If you look at it, I'll, I'll show it to you. So, game one against the Atlanta Hawks. They won by 23. 104-81. Game two. They won 96-77. They won by 19. Then they ended up losing by nine. Ended up losing by five. Game five. They won... Like 25 points. And then they lost game six. And then game seven, they ended up winning by 34 points. They beat Atlanta by at least 20 points, with the 19 being the exception, almost every time they played Mm -hmm. in Boston. And then they lost in Atlanta. This team was so dominant at home, but they were terrible on the road. Yeah, that definitely is a, you know, I'm definitely understand now why you're saying that, you know, you're a little bit disappointed because I didn't, I did not know that at all. I didn't know how poorly they performed in the playoffs on the road. So, yeah, I mean, and they won the game seven to that series, right? In the finals. Yes. So they lost, they lost game three, lost game fours in Atlanta. They lost game six. I'm talking about the finals that year too. Wasn't that a, yeah, that was game seven, right? That was game six. six. So they did it almost kind of like the World Series where they did the first two games in Boston, then the next three in L.A., and then one and one, uh, one and one, right? one in Boston. No, it's, and then six and seven would be in Boston since they were the higher record. Um, but, yeah, they only had like one or two losses at home, but this team was terrible mm. on the road. Yeah, their only losses at home looking at it, was game two of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons. And let me scroll down to the NBA Finals. I believe it was like game two against the Lakers. So that means that every other loss, the only road wins that this team had was game game three against the Detroit Pistons. Game six against the Detroit Pistons. Game four against the LA Lakers. And that was it. Right. 
Wow. Every other every other room was at home. Was at TD Garden. Yeah, they. So most of their so they only had two losses at home. That's yeah, insane. That really is insane. That's why I say the Celtics are the most dis- – I mean, I think most Boston viewers are going to disagree with me because, oh, it's a great Lakers-Celtics rivalry. I don't consider that personally to be a great NBA rivalry if it's really one-sided because the Lakers have only won two playoff series ever against the Celtics. And they played each other, I believe, ten times. It's not like they play each other like every single year. I mean, really, the only time they see each other is in the finals. It's not like in the 80s where it was like Larry Bird against Michael Jordan, the Celtics-Bulls rivalry, Mm -hmm. the Bulls-Pistons rivalry where it was Michael Jordan against the bad boys. That's that's why I think that they're the most disappointing NBA champion because, I mean, they had everything in their favor. And they almost blew it. Yeah, like you said, they almost did blow it. If you were winning, so I believe Chauncey Billups was still in Detroit in 07, the 07-08 season. So it would be 2000, April 2008 would be the playoffs. So if you beat a Chauncey Billups-led Detroit Pistons squad, a LeBron Cleveland squad, the defending Eastern Conference champions, and a Dwight Howard-led Magic squad for that top seed, you should be dominating everybody. Compared to, like, the Western Conference where – Kobe and the L.A. Lakers had the one seed by one game because Chris Paul and the New Orleans Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs were tied for that two and three. And then you look at it. The. That doesn't make any sense. The Jazz, who had less wins, who had one less win than both the Rockets and the Suns. Oh, I know why, because they won their division. So that's why they got a higher seed than the Rockets and the Jazz, even though they had one less win than both squads. I mean, this race was tight. Boston had, if you look through the whole thing, second seed was seven games behind them. The Detroit Pistons were seven games behind the Mm -hmm. Celtics. The Magic were 14 games behind the Celtics. The Cavaliers were 21 games behind the Celtics. The Washington Wizards, 23 games behind the the Boston Celtics. The Toronto Raptors at 6, 25 games. The Sixers, the 7th seed, 26 games. And the Atlanta Hawks, 29 games behind the Boston Celtics. Compared to on the Western Conference, the Hornets and the the Spurs, one game behind the Lakers. The Jazz, technically three games behind the Lakers. The... Rockets and the Suns, two games behind the Lakers. The Mavericks and the Mavericks, seven, six games behind the Lakers. And the Nuggets, seven games behind the Lakers. They ran away with the East that year. They did indeed. So you should have been dominating these squads, especially that Atlanta squad. You should have killed them. Yeah, definitely. But then. The following year, the Hawks had that awful series with the Miami Heat. That is considered, I watched a video on it, it was considered to be the worst 
NBA playoff series ever. In 2009, between the Atlanta Hawks and Miami Heat. It was considered the worst playoff game ever? Yes, because Atlanta won all four games in Atlanta. But it was never close. Mm-hmm. That's why they said it. I mean, you could say the same thing with with the Boston-Atlanta series from 2008. Atlanta won at home, I believe. I'm going to pull it up. I believe they won every single game in Atlanta by at least 15 games. 15 points, excuse me. And then they lost by like six points against um, the Heat in Miami. Like, it was insane. Let me pull up the 2009 NBA playoffs so that I can tell you that. Because, to me, it's crazy how the Hawks, I mean, even the Hawks, they moved up. The Hawks have really collapsed after getting rid of everybody. Because, I mean, if you look back at it, our eighth grade year, which was yep. only five was years ago, say. they were number yeah, one they seed. were really killing it back then. I mean... Really, the only reason I think they got swept by the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Final was that cheap Matthew Deladonna hit on Kyle Korver in Game 2 that completely crippled the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree I mean, with that. Yeah, if you look at it, I will read you that right now. Actually, yeah, every single win for both teams was at least by double digits. That's why it's considered one of the worst series ever. Because Atlanta, they won most of the games by nine, by three, I believe one by six with the Boston Celtics the year prior. But game one between the Hawks and the Heat. The Hawks were the four seed, the, the Heat were the five seed. Game one, Hawks win by 26, 90 to 64. Game two, Heat win by 15, or it just went. So, yeah, the Heat win by 15, game two in Atlanta. Game three, Heat win by 29 against Atlanta. Game four, Hawks win by 10. Game five, Hawks win by 15. Game six, Hawks or Heat win by 26. Game seven, Hawks win by 13. So that's why they always – that's why it's considered one of the worst ever because, really, it was just who was going to win by double yeah. digits. Dang, I did not know that. I mean, this team – I mean, either way, both these teams were playing to see who got crushed by Cleveland because you look at Cleveland, they destroyed the Detroit Pistons in the first round, and then they ended up sweeping the Hawks in the next round and then got surprised by – Dwight Howard in the NBA and uh, Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. Really, if you look back at it, in my personal opinion, I think the Western Conference had a lot better playoff brackets than the Eastern Conference did. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. Because, I mean, there there were some great, great Western Conference Finals. I mean, there was the controversy with the Kings and the Lakers – there's been a couple Lakers, Spurs. You can't you can't discredit the Mavs, the Thunder being the first team since the early '90s in 2012 to not be the Lakers, Spurs, or Mavericks to make the NBA Finals. 
Um, I mean, you could even talk about in 09 with the Kobe versus Mello duel between the Lakers and the Nuggets. I mean, these were some – I think that the Western Conference was far superior and still currently is to the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. What do you think? The Western Conference is a lot more competitive, and their, their series show it. Because, I mean, when you look back at it, the 2008 playoffs, I told you the disappointing Celtics – where they lost almost every single game on the road, where they the Hawks took them to seven, the Cavaliers took them to seven. They had to go to six to beat the Pistons. But I mean, you look at you look at the Lakers. They swept Carmelo Anthony and the Denver Nuggets. Who, who that's a tough team to play back in those days. And then you beat a Utah Jazz squad that was really good. You dominate. You play a great Finals against Popovich and the three-headed monster in San Antonio. I mean, yeah, and even – I think it even would have been a great series if – since the Western Conference semifinals went to seven games, even if it was Chris Paul and the Hornets yeah. against. That, that's just my personal little rant why I thought Boston is the most disappointing team to have won the NBA Finals. Because then, yeah – Let's let's just talk about the Warriors because I mean the Warriors. You can just talk about how they were kind of just boring to watch. Yeah, in the that's, finals. That's and what I need my you know, pick off. Yeah, yeah. Even in the even just throughout the playoffs, I mean, they they literally just pushed teams over. They were just boring to watch. I mean, yes, it was still a great series, but I mean, yeah, you talk about Ky- you talk about Clay. And Curry just dominating uh, Pelicans team, who had really no business of being in the playoffs whatsoever in 2015. And then they beat Zach Randolph in the next round. And then they play the Rockets, and that was a great series. And then that was that was probably the best NBA Finals, besides maybe the three-one crumble that they had the year prior, the next year. In 2016, but yeah, I mean the rap, the Warriors were just so boring to watch because I thought they were gonna win like every single game. I'm like, why am I watching this? Because then the next year they beat Houston, they beat Portland, and then that great Western Conference Finals where uh, I believe it was three two series lead maybe between the Warriors and the Thunder with um, Durant and Westbrook. Thinking that they were gonna crumble them, and they came back from three one. Yeah, I mean that was a great finals, but I mean the series were mostly boring. I mean it was boring to watch the Warriors in twenty seventeen as well because they just like you said they gentlemen swept the Cavaliers. Yeah, like they swept Dame and the Portland Trailblazers. They lost one game that whole NBA postseason. <sighs> That is insane. They swept the Trailblazers. They swept the Jazz. They swept the Spurs. But that was only because Zaza beat injured Kawhi. I think personally, I would have. I think that the Spurs would have won, and Kawhi didn't get hurt. Because remember, I think the Spurs were up by 
what was it, like 25, 26 points yeah, in game they one. Were 25 points. And then Kawhi got hurt, and somehow they pull a rabbit out of the hat and pull off the magical comeback, and then they sweep them. Yeah, that was – When, if you think about it, if Kawhi never got hurt, I think that the Spurs would have beaten them. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I mean, that could be an unpopular opinion, but that's my personal opinion. I think they could have swept them. Not, maybe not swept them, but they they could have beaten the Warriors in five. Yeah, I'll give that to you. And that then Kawhi, you know, his prime, he's like in a later stage of his prime now. I think he still has another two or three years, but that was like the beginning of his prime back then, or like right before his prime. He was a different player. Yeah, no, his prime really kicked off. I think when he won his first title with the Spurs, when they got their revenge series mm-hmm. against the Heat. Just think about he it. I mean, MVP. they had a perfect chance to wrap up the series in game six, but then Ray Hallen hit that clutch three. Heat won the game and then dominated the Spurs in game seven. And then you get to the next year. Two teams play again. Oh, let's see what happens. And Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, Kawhi, Danny Green, they put on a show. And they dominated the Heat. That's why they beat him in five. They just, they were too, they yeah, overpowered. He had a monster of Wade, of Wade and Bosch and James and then the Birdman. Yeah. I mean... And then you look at, and then you look at the next series in 2018. Oh, they beat a Spurs team that wasn't as good as they used to be. They beat a New Orleans team that I don't know how they swept Portland, but they ended up doing it. And then they had a great Western Conference final, and then a boring NBA final. Yeah, definitely agree. And then let's look at this year with the Warriors. God, let's see how boring this one gets. Well, it was a little oh, interesting they played, just because KD, you know, got injured and then came back and then got injured again. So people, you know, and he was playing crazy basketball. I know. I guess they were blowing. Or no, I'm pretty sure they went to seven games with somebody, the Clippers, right? Clippers yeah, took six. them six. So did the Rockets. But, I mean, like – Everyone was really rooting for Dame and the Trailblazers because they mm-hmm. overcame Jamal Murray and the Nuggets to the Warriors just saying, oh, no, nope, goodbye. Yeah. Like, that was – yes, we're talking about two different sports, and I'll probably do an NHL episode in my next show. That could be like the Hurricanes in the same season, in the same postseason era since NHL kind of co-aligns with yeah. the NBA playoffs. I mean, you look at the you look at the Hurricanes of last year who made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They knock out the defending Stanley Cup champion in a great double overtime game seven in the first round. And then a lot of people didn't pick them to beat the Islanders, who had just swept the Pittsburgh Penguins. They sweep the Islanders. So then they they get a Boston team who has fought through every single round. Like they they fought Columbus, who upset the President's Trophy and swept the President's Trophy Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Columbus ended up taking them to six, and then Boston just sweeps Carolina. Compared to 
a Western Conference final that was great between the Sharks and the Blues. It was a terrible Eastern Conference final for the NHL as well. But then I think the best series, really, if you want to look at throughout this whole you, yes, you could talk about, oh, the NBA Finals was great. Oh, the Golden State-Houston round was great. The Portland-Denver one was great. I think the best round, for sure, the best matchup throughout the whole playoffs last year had to be our Sixers against the Rams. Yeah, that was an insane matchup. Because if you look at it, the Sixers got manhandled game one. Yeah, they did. And then they dominated the Raptors game two, came back to Philly, crushed them in game three. Really, the only kryptonite that the Sixers had that whole series was not finishing game four. Mm-hmm. They had a couple, couple games, like you said, they didn't finish out the rest of the game at all. I think personally, after we graduated last year, we all definitely – I think if the Sixers would have beaten the Raptors in that series – we would have all been in Wildwoods watching Sixers games all together in the NBA Finals. Yeah, in my that personal was... opinion. Because if you look at it, I think – so let's say that they did win game four, so that means that they're up 3-1. They'd go to Toronto. They'd, be, they'd still be up 3-2. Finish game six at home. They'd wrap up game six and win the series. And I think that they would have overpowered Milwaukee. I think that the combination of Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Embiid would be too much for Brogdon mm-hmm. and the Greek Freak. And I think we would have gone to the NBA Finals. Would I say we would have won? Maybe. I don't know. But I still think that we would have gone to the NBA Finals if we would have beaten the Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. in Game 4. What do you think was the best series? Uh, that's, uh, I don't know, dude. That is, that's a good question. I honestly might have to just stay neutral on this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been so many great teams that have been really dominant, and then there's been some teams where you're like, Oh, really? They won the NBA Finals? Like, there's also some teams that really you didn't kind of expect. Like, I would say in 04, like the Nets in 02 and 03 made yeah, the NBA a, Finals. They, it, yeah. I mean, they ended up losing both years. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. the Nets? Exactly. Because if you look at it when we were both like like seven, eight years old, they were like a laughing stock. And they moved from Jersey to Brooklyn where they actually had some success. Where I think they made the playoffs like the first three years, but yeah, most of the time I remember them being in Jersey. It mm-hmm. was not good; they were terrible. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember. <laughs> That's how I remember the the New Jersey Nets. I don't remember the glory days of Jason Kidd carrying them all the way to the NBA Finals. Yeah, that was when Jason Kidd was insane back then. Like, I'm glad Jason Kidd ended up getting a title with Dirk and Jason Terry, who's one of the best shooters in NBA history. There's no questions asked. I believe Curry 
I think Reigns fourth or something on threes because I know Kyle Korver's up there, and so is Jason Terry. They're both ahead of Steph Curry currently, but you never know. I mean, yeah, you look back at some of these teams the last 20 years. I mean, you could say, oh, the Eastern Conference was good, but the Western Conference was so much better. Because you can't even forget, like, the Steve Nash Phoenix squads. Now we look at the Suns, and we're like, oh, the Suns suck. But, like, when we were little kids, it was, like, Shaq and Steve Nash, and they were doing really well. And now they're just like, wow, it's the Suns. They're going to screw it up once again. So here's a good here's a good segment to finish this off. So we talked about dominant and disappointing. Who would you say is probably the team that surprised you the most that won the NBA hmm. finals? We're not saying like, oh, this team yeah, had a yeah, disappointing yeah. postseason. You wouldn't expect to win the NBA finals and they ended um, up doing. It. The one that I didn't expect the most, honestly. Honestly, might have been the Cleveland Cavaliers when they, you know, came back. You know, you can't count out LeBron, but when they yeah, were down three to one, like, and you know, everything was in the favor of Golden State. They just had the best season in the history, you know. So I mean, I, I think that was definitely the most surprising for them to come back. And wasn't didn't Kyrie go down and Kevin Love? I believe so. I think Kyrie went down – or, no, I think Kyrie went down the year that they lost the NBA Finals. Both years. Both years. Because Kyrie played seven, and so did Kevin Love, I believe. He came, he went down the year that they lost, the first year that they lost to the Warriors. I mean, yeah, you look back at a lot of these teams. Yes, you could say the Raptors. Were a surprising team, really. I don't think that they were surprising. They had, they'd been to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they had been really dominant in the past five years. Even though they could never get over the hump, and they finally got over the hump. I mean, you could say teams like the Pistons in '04. Yeah, like, I was going to say the really? Pistons, but they did have. You think that a team? Well, who Gerald Gerald Ball? You're going to tell me that a team and Chauncey Billups. I think it's Ben and Rasheed. You're going to tell me a team of Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. I don't know if Grant Hill was on that team. He could have been. Um, Yeah, I think Grant Hill was on that squad. But you're going to tell me an older Grant Hill, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, and Chauncey Billups are going to beat Shaq and Kobe in five games? Yeah, that is insane. I think that was the most surprising because you look at the Lakers, you're like, oh, it's the Lakers. They're going to kill them. And then you just see the Pistons shot them out like it's nothing. You're like, what? God, it looks like you're just like beaten down in like one of your division rivals. Mm -hmm. It's not like even you're playing the NBA Finals. So personally to me, that has to be the most surprising was definitely the Oh, four Pistons. I was like, wow. So, I mean, you can't, like, 
of course, the most surprising teams make a final, not just saying win, we're definitely the Nets. You're like, whoa, how did the Nets make the finals? But, yeah, the most the surprising champion has to be the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Just, like, unexpected, you know? And if you look at those for the past, you know, 25 years, 30 years, they've made it, or even, like, 40 years, I would say, they've made it a good amount of times. Yeah, I mean, you look back at, like, a lot of these teams that weren't good for a period of, like, maybe five years, they consistently were in the playoffs when you look back at the last two decades. The Sixers, for example, I mean, they had strong squads in the 2000s, especially after they drafted Allen Iverson. I mean, they went to the finals in 01, but then they were always in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what seed they were in. They were in the playoffs. Um, Atlanta was in the playoffs for a decade straight. They haven't made it like the last two years, um, like two or three years. Same with the Memphis Grizzlies. They were in the playoffs for a decade straight, and this would be their first time back in like two or th- in like three or four years. But yeah, like you look at teams and you're like, oh, this team sucks now, but then they were like somewhat good mm-hmm. back then. And then there's teams like you could always say this, especially with like the NFL. You talk about teams with credibility that, oh, they have to do great. They have to do this. Like the Lakers fell apart after they got swept by the Dallas mm-hmm. Mavericks in the playoffs. They went from being a consistent playoff team with Kobe to, to down to the cellar. And you're like, how could Kobe be on a team that bad? They're the L.A. Lakers. You got Kobe Bryant, one of the goats of the NBA, and you're going to be this poor? Or then, like, Chicago Bulls, after Derrick Rose took him to the the Eastern Conference Finals a couple times. You're like, wow, the Bulls, like, especially D. Wade going home to Chicago, you thought that he would carry the Bulls in the playoffs, and he never did. And you're like, wow, Bulls have not been the same yeah. since Michael Jordan left and joined the Wizards. Even the Wizards is another team that was really good. In the 2000s, and then, like, the last five years, they haven't made the playoffs. Yeah. And the Magic as well. I mean, the Magic, they've, they've made the playoffs the last two years, but, I mean, you look at the squads like Dwight Howard, like, you expected them to be well every single year, and then they just fell apart. No, I, I definitely you agree, think? you know. Especially, like you said, the Magic and Dwight Howard. But, I mean, he did fall apart. Yeah, they fell apart crucially at the worst times. I mean, you can talk about, really, I was hearing reports that I'm not personally liking myself, that the Knicks might try to trade to get Embiid, and that the front office might be fine with trading him. I personally don't like that, but we'll see what plays out. They're going to need to give Sixers a lot. Yeah, they would have to give the Sixers a lot for JoJo to head up to New York. Especially, I don't think that JoJo would want to leave Philadelphia. JoJo looks like a guy who would want to stay in Philadelphia for most of his career, knowing that he's embraced those fan, our, fan, our, our Sixers fans, some of the greatest fan bases in the world at Philadelphia Sports. Um like fandom like so well yeah 
He's embraced the city. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't think, think he wants to leave either. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that we live in a world currently with no sports. Because, I mean, I thought I'd be able to be talking about some NFL recaps, like some recaps of the draft, which I probably will cover in one episode. But, I mean, yeah, you were expecting like, oh, let's see what, what's been going on in these current playoff series between, I'll just say, for example, like the Milwaukee Bucks against the Indiana Pacers. No, that's not a real series. I just said it hypothetically. Or even in the NHL, like the Pittsburgh Penguins against the Washington Capitals. Like, you would think that we'd be able to cover – like, I'd be able to talk about some of these series. Be like, oh, that was a great game by Ovechkin last night in their, like, 4-2 win against the Penguins when really – we can't talk about that with this whole coronavirus yeah, pandemic dude, going crazy. on. It is crazy indeed. I just about, hope that, you know, a draft recap or something. For, for sure. I definitely do want to get you on another episode. I mean, yeah, dude, we are living in crazy times. I just hope that we can find something like that the cases can go down and that maybe NFL can get back up and going so that we can get everything else going really well. Um, Austin, I really want to thank you for oh, coming for on my me, podcast dude. today. I will definitely have you on. I awesome. definitely want to have you on a future episode. I hope you and your family remain yep, same to you. safe and healthy. And ladies and gentlemen, this will be the conclusion of episode three of Broad Sports. Once I said, it's a sports podcast for the fans, by the fans. So this is Kevin Cohen.